and it is 11 o'clock, and we are live here at Driving Sports TV. And I have to do one technical check. Did you start the live recording? We did. Great. Fantastic. We are hot here in the Bellevue, Washington studios, <laughs> and we are live with two luminaries in the <laughs> action sports scene. We have Matt Johnson. Johnston. Sorry. I never, you, you know, when you, whatever. Just, just work with me here. No worries. Make you guys big screen there. Okay, um, so we got Matt Johnson, and we also have Warwick Patterson. Say hi, Warwick. Hello. Uh, Warwick, you're joining us from somewhere in Canada, right? Yeah, Squamish, British Columbia. Okay, and Matt, you're over in? Grand Rapids, Michigan. Okay, so we are covering the United States right now. So the whole topic of this show is going to be filming cars. Uh, the whole idea is that people who are viewing are going to learn something by watching us. The three of us, we've produced videos that have been, I, I don't know, maybe a billion views at this point. If you calculate all of our stuff up, well, Matt might alone have a billion views. I don't know. Um, why don't we go ahead and go do a quick roundtable just so that people know, even though they may not know us, they, they may know what they've watched that we've had our hand in. Uh, we'll go ahead and start with Matt, since you're on the left. Yep. Sorry, I was in front of my mic, my, my camera there, because it's in the bottom of this Dell. Uh, <laughs> I did, I think the biggest thing would be easier said than done, which is the rally film I produced a few years ago. Mm -hmm. That was pretty popular with uh, the rally community around the world. But then I've also been involved with a number of... Um, productions for the automotive industry one of my bigger clients is ford and ford performance so most of the video content that has a ford logo in it for the past five six seven years now i've uh, been involved with it in some way and then also uh, a, a number of films with a guy named ken block so the jim Connor oh, i've films, heard of him Anna i've heard of ken <laughs> he does stuff um, and, and I have to say, when I, when I was telling one of my editors, who's just in the other room over here, um, who we were having on, and he's like, oh, what's, he's, what, what, what's this Mac guy done? I'm like, oh, he did easier said than done. He's like, I was a backer. I was at the, at the showing, because <laughs> he lived in Michigan at the time. He, he went to the yeah. showing, actually. Okay, and, oh, then, yeah, and then Warwick, what, what do you got? Um, well, I've been, uh, started out in mountain bike video and photo work and then progressed into cars it's always just been something i've been into and rally racing obviously and um so for the past seven or eight years now we've been shooting for subaru mainly in the states and then also the last four years we've been doing the canadian rally championship uh tv coverage for tsn in canada okay um, and uh yeah, I used to work with you, Ryan. Yes, yes, you, you used to work with me. I, 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 some people may remember that back when we were doing, uh, I think that GT Live 2004 video, which you can see at drivingsports.com, it is still live there, uh, was I think the first thing that we worked together on, wasn't it? And by work together, yeah. I think I said, please come down and shoot this for me. I, th I think that was the whole work together on that one. <laughs> that was the first time I'd ever seen drifting. And it's actually the only time I've ever seen drifting. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's not many Subarus in drifting. There's a couple, but they're hardly Subarus anymore. Oh, nice mug. I like that. Show, show us your mug there again. Show off. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Matt, you need to up, up your mug boring. game. It's, yeah. It's cup, you know? <laughs> I, was trying, I was trying to find my Escort mug, but I couldn't find it. <laughs> You'll see that, that I have the, uh, the branded mug here. <laughs> okay, so 
a lot of people, like one of the biggest questions I always get from guys that I meet in the field is, how did you get started? Um, Matt, how did you get started? Like, at what point did you say, this is what I'm doing, and how did you do what you were doing and get to where you are now in a short version? The, uh, I mean, the short version was I was an IT guy. I wanted to be a rally driver, so I, dro I drove rally cars uh, 2003 through 2009. Mm-hmm. And I, f I figured I, I would definitely become a WRC driver, no problem. No, no, no I doubt. Needed the, I just needed the money for it. And then I thought <laughs> if I couldn't get the money, the second best thing would be making car commercials. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of like my fallback plan. Um, and I, I sort of lucked out because I started working with drones actually really early on. And that gave me, I guess, the kickstart to get clients and actually move into the industry and leave my full-time job. Right, because your, your, your big thing has always been like, or at least early on, is that you always did these like crazy rig trick shots that nobody else was doing, like that cable cam. Describe that cable camera that you set up and what you use that for. Uh, uh, somebody, the by the way, has was... loopback. I'm getting feedback from one of you. So do you have your speaker on? Let me turn your speaker back a little bit there. It's always better to do headphones if you can, but... <laughs> is that... Yeah, uh, I can turn mine on, too, if it's... No, I think it's okay. It wasn't so bad at first. Look at those fingers. Huge <laughs> hands. Who puts a microphone? Who puts a camera at the bottom uh, yeah, of the, the screen? The first thing, the cable cam was a. We built a. You no, know, at the time there was drone work. We were doing drone work, but you couldn't like. It wasn't like today where you can just take your hands off the drone and it fly itself. If you let your hands off the drone, it would immediately flip over and, and smash itself. And so, mm -hmm. getting a shot where you're tracking a car was doable, but it was like a one percent of the time thing. So we built a cable cam because you can actually attach it to a cable and chase a car through the forest. So you're looking through the trees or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and so we went out, we did a shoot with Ken, uh, 100 Acre Wood testing video. I think the second or third year we did the video. And I literally rigged this thing up in the woods and chased him down the stage. And the shot was awesome. It just like happened to work that that section was wet enough so it wasn't too fast, it wasn't too dusty, but it wasn't too slow you know it was like everything comboed to make a really a really good shot and what people don't know is literally right before that shot happened i had done it on his first pass and ran it into the tree so there's no <laughs> there was no stoppers at that point on the cable cam so it could do 90 miles an hour but you can only you need 400 feet of stopping and it takes 300 feet to get to 90 miles an hour so we ran into the end of the tree and smashed it and like i kind of weeble wobbled it back onto the rope and got that shot, and then after that it was done. Like it. What 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 camera were you flying on that? Sorry, turned oh, what, you back up. Yeah, no problem. What uh, if either of you guys have headphones, like in reaching distance? That may not be a bad thing to to add there. Yep, I do. Let me know if you lose my. Uh, no problem. You see, it's kind of like you know this is this goes back to the whole story of like you know the cobbler's children have no shoes. Uh, you actually get three <laughs> video producers on a live show, and nobody has any idea what the hell they're doing. Right. Um, clearly, clearly we got issues here. Okay, so Matt, you were, what, what camera were you flying on that um, that contraption that couldn't stop? And what you got two shots out of it? Yeah, there's two or three shots that day. Uh, one was good; the rest were trash. But <laughs> I, the it just takes a, one. <laughs> <laughs> it was either a Panasonic TM900 or yeah. Panasonic TM900, which at the time shot 1080p 60. Whoa. And that was like amazing. No one knew about it. Yeah. And then, or it was the NEX, Sony NEX 5U or 5. Oh, the NEX. One of the little DSLRs. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would go for about 20 minutes and then overheat. 
Right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Whatever it was, I smashed it. Like that shoot. I don't remember if it was one of those two. Yeah. Well, as long as you got the shot, that was the important thing. And then so basically you kind of almost, I would say, rode some of these trick shots into more mainstream production. I mean, because you were early on known as a guy who just did cable work, who just did drone work, who did this. And then you kind of turned it into doing a little bit of everything. You even bought a Phantom at one point when everybody else was like, Warwick and I were like, oh, 240 frames per second is wicked. And you're like, yeah, yeah, a thousand <laughs> frames. What's up? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I was able to take some of that and we and made enough money and I just kind of went full ham. And I, I bought the Phantom, bought an office building, hired people, and I've been stressed about it ever since. But, <laughs> you know, it's it worked, it's worked out so far and we're having a lot of fun. Um, uh yeah. The one thing that I, mean, I, I do. Cheap rent in credit. <laughs> yeah, it is. L.A. right. The, the key is L.A. rates. Grand Rapids. Real yes. Kind of <laughs> yeah. I was looking at property around here in Bellevue. I'm like, oh, Matt bought a building. That's not a bad idea. And I looked at property. I'm like, yeah, that's not happening. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, oh, I had another thought on that one. Oh, well. We'll, we'll, we'll just pass and we'll go over to uh, Warwick. Talk about your, your beginnings because you, you got started doing mountain bikes. Yeah. What, what cameras um, were you using and what kind of stuff were you doing back then? Uh, I started out my first film shot on 16 millimeter, which mm -hmm. was kind of cool. Um, kind of the la one of the last years that people were filming on actual film. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it made me a pretty efficient shooter because you only get two minutes and 100 feet <laughs> for real. Um, and then I moved to the Sony VX2000, like everybody had back in the day. Yeah. Uh, shot a couple of mountain bike films and then, um, kind of got burnt out on getting paid in bicycle parts. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, moved on to my next interest, which was rally cars and cars yeah. and, um, worked with you a little bit yeah. on the driving or the Subi sport stuff Yeah. And, and shot my own rally videos worked with a few people, worked with Ken early on. Mm -hmm. um, and then when Ken moved on from Subaru, they needed a, a film crew and we moved in there. And it's been great. Yeah. Now you guys have kind of a split. It's you and uh, Chris Bose. Yeah, um, Chris, Christopher Bose at Bose Media. Yeah, Bose So Media. probably one of the best things I ever did um, as a business owner was partner with somebody who could do it better than I could. So mm -hmm. I needed – I was tired of sitting in front of the computer editing <laughs> – um, I didn't, I didn't enjoy all that time editing and I, I wanted somebody who had the chops there and I had worked with Chris on the Canadian rally championship mm -hmm. for a while as cameramen and, um, field producers. And so year two of the Subaru gig, I brought him in and we started doing more story driven products and then we launched launch control as well. Now, did you go to Subaru with the idea for launch control, or did they come to you? Uh, we pitched it to them. Mm -hmm. um, because when you're doing highlight videos, it's so results-driven that if you have a bad weekend, <laughs> awesome, we found the videos would just get unreleased. Yeah, yeah. It would be like, oh, yeah, we'll just let that ignore. Oh, but next yeah. weekend's going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we wanted something like tell the, tell the background story so that even the bad results have um, – some value to them because right. the, the bad results lead to the good results. I, I do find it interesting that the three of us, as as our businesses have developed around cars and filming cars, the first thing or one of the early things all of us do is we hired editors. Like, none of us want to edit. 
I actually kind of enjoy it now because I don't have to do it. Right, right. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I can come in the office. Like this week, I've actually been in the office for the most part and doing a project and resolve and going through the editing and color grading process. And I'm having a blast doing it, but nobody's making me do it. And I think that's that's the important part. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I found too. I was hitting. I was hitting a limit. I didn't have the time to learn more and um, just stay on top of all the editing and finding music and all that stuff. So, right, finding somebody who specialized in that was the key. Right. So, uh, for people who just joined us, uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna go back and redo the intro here, so people know what's going on. Uh, we are live here at the Media Spigot Studios. Uh, this is Driving Sports TV in Bellevue, Washington. Um, and we are here with Matt Johnston, who is producer of Easier Said Than Done and uh, has shot on numerous Ford commercials. Uh, and then we also have Warwick Patterson, who is um, a shooter who does he produced the uh, Subaru series Launch Control, uh, among other things. And uh, apparently we had a little glitch with our YouTube stream, so, uh, but we have a full master of this, so we'll be releasing that first part again later. But everything is good now. So give the phone back there. You know, this live stuff, it kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you, like, you do everything right on your side. You hit the button that says start streaming, and then it doesn't actually start streaming. And you're like, yeah. okay, well, it says everything is good. But yeah. it's not. The future, though, man. I know. I know. Well, we do it now. We figure it out. And, you know, we'll get yeah. this right eventually. <sighs> Although, you know, I think I actually preferred it back when we were doing it in 2009. Because I don't know if you guys remember, we had a live show in 2009 uh, back when I was doing Subi Sport Magazine. And uh, that one, we had to build our own server. We had to configure our own external streamers everything you know it was all manual and it was a pain in the butt but i knew what was going on and it all worked this right. stuff it's like you push one button and apparently all this stuff happens in the background and apparently <laughs> it works and it never does so but that's okay we're here for you and we're still live okay and back with these guys so uh matt was talking about how he got started doing a lot of specialty work what has been one of the most challenging shoots you have ever had, Matt? There's a lot of challenging shoots that I, the challenges behind them are probably stuff I can't talk about because it's always money and planning related more right. than anything. <laughs> I think usually for us, like when we actually get to the part that we're shooting, you know, the, the challenges that you encounter there are, obviously you have your technical challenges, but if you've, if you've done the pre-production right, that's not necessarily a, a challenge, it's more making sure that you've planned accordingly. Right. So on the day, the challenge is like staying awake, you know, <laughs> making sure your feet don't hurt, <laughs> staying out of the rain, that type of stuff. Can I, I make a comment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I just make a comment about <laughs> shoes and socks and how important shoes and socks are in this business? And, and yeah, gear. Absolutely. I mean, people are like, what's the number one thing when you're out shooting rally? I'm like, it's your coat and your socks <laughs> and your shoes. <laughs> Like, well, what camera yep. do you use? Like, if, right. if you're uncomfortable, it doesn't matter. It's all going to look like garbage. <laughs> right. We have a, a company rule that the weather can't matter. Yeah. So you need to have the gear so that you can be in a day, you know, 14, 16, 18-hour day, pissing rain the whole time, and you have to have a smile on your face. And whatever that is to make that happen for you, you just have to make sure that you've got that sorted. Right. And and just so viewers know, there is not a requirement in this business to wear plaid. 
<laughs> You're breaking the mold here, Ryan. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I've been hanging out with these guys from L.A. too much lately, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, what Matt said, like, that whole working a 14-hour day in the rain, any conditions, and making it happen, that's probably one of the hardest things is finding camera guys and crew who are willing to do that. Right, right. Um, yeah. And it, you don't kind complain of... and are, like... It separates yes, the guys that are really into it for the like the like you know for the cameras and the cars and all that stuff. When you say go stand outside, you know, for you might be out there for fifteen hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if you're talking stage rally, and I, I know Warwick and I share a lot of the same people, right? We're a very small <laughs> circle. But if you're talking stage rally, it's like, hey, it's six a.m. Have fun. I'll see you in twenty hours. I hope you get something awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I can't review it. Yeah. Yeah, you're not on set. It's not like those uh, LA sets where you have like you know 20 people reviewing a monitor. Right. No. Yeah, yeah, you're on sure. your own, and you better come back with something good, or you're not going to be called out again. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, uh, work. What do you got? So that that's probably one of my biggest challenges is because our series, launch control, especially in the Canadian Championship, it's so much follow the puck. Yeah. It's not. Um, we don't have shot lists. Um, we can plan where people are going to be, but. Um, for us, it's very reactionary and finding the story on the fly. So that's a big challenge. And the Canadian um, series looks particularly cold and wet. <laughs> uh, yeah, it can be. <laughs> yeah, this year has been a little bit like that. Yeah. Now, um, uh, for, for you, Warwick, uh, because you are a Canadian and you're working here in America, has as well as in Canada, has that posed any complications for you that you can talk no. about? <laughs> uh no I have, I have work visas now oh okay cool I, I used to fly by the seat of my pants and that was not cool so yeah you're yeah. legit <laughs> except cool. now they're hassling me about carnets so yeah i gotta start getting carnets yep good luck you started getting yeah. what i don't know what that is uh carnets so you have to basically put a bond up against all the gear that you bring across borders oh. so that they know you're going to take it back out Okay. Yeah. And it's it's really a pain in the butt because you get like ten sheets of paper and you have to order like I probably cross the border forty times a year. Yeah. So I get forty individual sheets, each with three copies. They stamp each copy you cross when you cross the border. Um, and then coming back into Canada, they have to check it and make sure all the items are listed and still there. Oh, hey. So, that does not yeah. sound. That sounds like the worst. <laughs> it's it, it all. It, worst. It's almost worse getting. <laughs> A second set of gear for the states. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because really, like one of the one of the the things that really just about this whole industry is, um, it, it's not really the gear and it's not really even the travel, but it's like the paperwork and the the insurance, having the proper insurance. And I know Matt, you you've been shopping for insurance lately. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, just- it's, it's all those things. It's like we wanted to shoot at Thunder Hill, and they're like, we require a $5 million drone policy. Right. Uh, and we're like, oh, that's not a problem. So I was checking with uh, Verifly, which is one of those places that will do uh, on-the-spot drone insurance. And, of course, at the time, they didn't offer $5 million, $5 million in California. They did in, like, 20 other states, but not California. So uh, we, we had the shoot coming up. We've already said, yes, we're doing it. Um, and so we ended up having to, I had to go through Lloyd's of London for a ridiculous, I mean, it was, it was $3,000 for a $5 million policy. And I had to do that. And then of course, two weeks later, Verifly said, oh yeah, we now cover 5 million. That would have cost me 50 bucks. (laughs) Right. 
in some locations. Like I, I just went through the same thing and verify offices in certain locations. And if you're wavered and if you're part 107, it's not necessarily all locations. And it's always those little things. Yeah, you, you can't be caught with brewing. that and tell your client, oh, by the way, I can't do this because right. I didn't know about this little thing. <laughs> yep. And and now yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting because you uh, the FAA in the States actually has a pretty streamlined process now to get licensed. Mm hmm. But in Canada, it's still this wishy-washy, like, well, send us your application and we might accept it. Um, and you have to, a lot of people I know have gone back and forth with their SFOC application and like five times before Transport Canada will approve it. Yeah. But it seems like insurance up here is really easy. Yeah. Because um, you guys don't sue each other. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have Florida. <laughs> yeah. We're not paranoid about things flying around. Yeah. The, um, and speaking about flying around, drones are a big deal, of course. Um Matt, when you got started, you built your own custom drones. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if from scratch is the proper yeah. term. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like the very first, the very first ones I did, I actually sold my rally car to get the parts to build my first heavy lift drone. And at the time, there was literally, that I knew of, there was probably four or five of us in the world that were lifting heavy stuff. And yeah. we were all, like every day we'd post on the forums with whatever thing we figured out. And we used to have challenges to see who could have the most hands-off time, which meant you'd take off and hover in front of like a GoPro on your chest. You'd show the, the helicopter, the multi-rotor <laughs> hovering, and then you'd let go of the sticks. And the, and the record was like four seconds. You know, was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, dude, you really dialed it in that time. And the you fifth know, and, second is everybody screaming and running, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and I really like, – I was I tell a lot of people those stories because it I kind of miss those times. It was fun. We used to build – you know, I had the guy that did my – rally car roll cage build aluminum structures for me so that I could mm -hmm. have folding drones with there were RC airplane motors at the time, which were horribly inefficient. They barely flew. Um, it, and he spent a ton of time. Like I have 900 hours of drone time, I think logged and I stopped logging it years ago Yeah, <laughs> because every day I'd get up at 7am before work and fly for two hours. And that was just to get it to hover. Yeah. You know, like discount, not shots or, Good shots, just like <laughs> use not successful. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, you know, it went from there, and and that's actually what kind of got me started because I got a number of jobs for National Geographic and National Geographic Productions, mm -hmm. uh, doing drone work because there just wasn't a lot of people doing it, and there wasn't a lot of people doing it that were also willing to go stand in the rain in right. Mexico. While doing it, right? Yeah. Which is kind of the Warwick's point earlier. Back in 2011, uh, we hired a um, um, an aerial crew, and they were flying a 5D Mark II. I think it was fairly new. No, they were flying a 70. Uh, anyway, they were flying a DSLR, and it was a um, it was like a helicopter with like a seven uh, five yeah. or, five or six or seven foot uh, prop. And yeah. uh, and his words to us at the time were, "If I yell, get down." get down because you have a seven foot <laughs> sword heading towards your head. Yep. I'm like, oh, okay, that's yep. good to know. <laughs> yep. But he was good. <laughs> he now works yeah. on uh, ABC shows, I think. Right. Uh, and he also did some stuff for Pixar. So he's, he's gone on to do some good stuff. Um, but now Warwick, what, what, what's your drone? What's your drone history? It's a little different than Matt's. Um, I've just basically, I started with DJI, so yeah. I've had it easy. <laughs> you and me both, actually. I, I kind of yeah. sat on the sidelines until they were easy to fly, and there were laws in place. Um, I, re I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to be one of, uh, you know, you guys were riskier than me. I had a f I had little kids and stuff, and so, you know, it's like you have to explain, like, well, I, are you licensed? Yeah. Um, 
But yes, like that was always my answer. Yeah, the answer is always yes. Uh, and there that, was no licensing back then. Right, right. And there wasn't any licensing. It was all this kind of like, eh, there's no license unless you're caught, and then the FAA might throw something at you. But they really didn't do that much. I mean, there was just like these guys in Chicago that were flying through the city that they had problems with. Um, mm-hmm. But Matt, uh, uh, something caught my eye last year where you were like, DJI Mavic Pro is the one to have. So you go from like these like people lifters to Mavic pros. Yeah. yeah. We have, we have two Mavics in the office because they're the image sucks. Right. So like yeah. the actual image out of the Mavic kind of stinks, but I can, I can put it in my backpack and have it with me all the time. Yeah. So like if I'm going to an event or something, I always have a little drone with me. That's usable. I mean, the image is certainly usable yeah. and it's so fun to fly now that I go out and fly them just for fun, which it's like going back 10 years for me, right? It's right, right. the same as editing. I can just go out and have a blast flying, <laughs> you know, six inches off the top of some weeds and getting these tracking shots at 40 miles an hour that when we're on a real shoot with the big stuff and yeah. we have people involved, like we're not necessarily doing that that type of work anymore. So it's a lot of fun just to have around. I recommend everybody have something. I find like I, I, I fly closer I, to trees. The drone has become a tool in the arsenal. It's right. no longer like, a specialized thing it is for right. the big stuff but yeah it's now just a tool that you can carry with you not only can carry with you but is kind of expected to carry with you i notice right. a lot of people are like yeah. oh well, yeah. let's do a drone shot it's like oh you want to do a drone well luckily i brought one <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah depending on where you are and all times you have insurance and a waiver for the airspace and the insurance and another insurance and a certificate <laughs> of insurance and everything that goes with it but yeah, yeah. If you're out in the woods shooting rally, for sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, nobody cares out there. Um, uh, Warwick, what are you shooting with these days? Um, we have a whole like ecosystem of Sony product right now. Mm-hmm. So I've got Sony FS7 and the FS5. Mm-hmm. Um, we we do really quick turnaround, so we kind of opted out of the red side of things. I knew um, red. I knew it was going to come up. Like well, this is why we didn't pick red. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody wonders why we don't shoot red. <laughs> that uh, raw workflow. And, and red's not red's not that hard anymore either. But just for us, the the amount of stuff we bring back from an event, and we have sometimes a two week turnaround. Yeah. So it's easier to plug those MXF files in and run with it. Yeah. Now, do you shoot log, or do you guys go with a pre graded color in in your camera? No, we uh, uh, S log three. Okay. Cool. Uh, Matt, what are you shooting with? Probably some red as usual. Oh, yeah, all red. All yeah. Red stuff. So <laughs> I have a, we use that, we have a Helium, which is 8K, and mm-hmm. then a Raven, which is four and a half. And then a mishmash of other stuff like DJI cameras and Sonys and yeah. GH5s. Let's talk about riggings. Riggings can be a big deal. Um, well, what's, where's that sound coming from? I'm getting some weird feedback. Okay. That's you. It's not me. Can't be me. Let me try. <laughs> No, I think we're good. Okay. Um, so uh, let's talk about riggings. Um, Matt, I know you do a bunch of riggings in-car. Work, what do you do for the rallies? Like, what's what's your in-car setup that you use for, for capturing the drivers? Uh, well, about a year, two years ago, I bought pretty much every Hero 4 Silver I could find off of Amazon <laughs> um, before they disappeared because they're, they're the most cost-efficient. Mm-hmm. They have the screen on the back. They have the USB audio in. Um, so we've been running those. We're slowly running out of them because we lose like <laughs> six, six to eight GoPros a year just on things breaking, right? Or losing them, right? 
Um, and that again comes back to the quick turnaround that you guys have, right? So you need you need something that's not only durable, but like if you lose one camera, you still have three others that are recording independently, right? Yeah, and so like GRC events, we have six cameras in each car, mm -hmm. and there's two cars, so we're running twelve, and we usually have at least half that as spares to insert in between heats. Mm -hmm. uh, rally. Um, with Travis and David this year, we were running probably eight cameras. And then in the Canadian Championship, it's every camera we have. Right. And we're running 14, something like that. <laughs> and do you have like one guy managing all of those cameras? Or is do you have guys doing double duty, like who's ever at the start happens to run over there and hit the go buttons? <laughs> um, we've got in Rally, it's pretty good now. We have the co-drivers trained. So they, um, <laughs> they'll, they'll hit the remote 90 to <laughs> um, but we have we have usually two dedicated people at Canadian events uh -huh. installing and managing and swapping batteries. Right. And then the GRC events, we have one person dedicated to that. And do you guys like log out all the shots real time, like this camera at this time, or are you guys not that organized? Um, not that organized. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't mean to make it sound session. bad. Everybody has their own process. It's obviously working for you. <laughs> yeah, it depends on the series. Yeah. Um, GRC, we're much more organized. Uh, Dave, who usually does it, he, after each heat, he'll pull the cards, log them, mm -hmm. say what heat it was, and put it in. Um, rallies, you just never see the cards till the end of the day. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Matt, what kind of, now, uh, I want to show a quick clip of Matt's uh, because it's just came out. So. But this is all on all the right. same computer. We need to add some additional <laughs> we'll computers here. We'll see what it is. Hopefully it's not an Instagram story. No, it's know. not. <laughs> oh, wicked, wicked stick. Yeah. I love that shot right there. That's like, love it. So you got a lot. You got a lot of like rigging shots on the inside here. I mean, not not that, but like that one. That's by handheld. That's a great shot. Standard. Hey, look, it's a drone. Is that a Mavic Pro right there? <laughs> uh, that might have been, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, that <laughs> shot right there, the side shot, that's what I want to talk about. Uh, okay. what, what I can't kind of... see what you're seeing. But oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm well, it's it's the side shot where Ken's pulling the fun stick. Okay. Uh, and the then you go, it. and then you overlay the animation on top of it. Yep. So, obviously, it's a lock shot. Uh, yep. what, what kind of setup did you use to, to do that shot? Uh, I actually have a picture of it somewhere, but basically, uh, it's... Can they and go to your Instagram for that or something? Yeah, yeah, I can. I can take a look at my phone and <laughs> I can send it to you. Whatever it works. No, no, I just uh, just tell people what your Instagram is and they can go there and look at it. Yeah, so the, the Instagram uh, is at Specialty Field. Okay. Or at Matt Johnson SFP. I have two of them. Okay. Personal and the work one. But um, I believe I did post that. So we did have grips on that shoot. It was a it was a one day shoot. We we had Ken for. I think four or five hours in Utah. Mm -hmm. And so we pre-rigged a lot of stuff. We went out the night before and pre-rigged both the shot that's looking back at the wheel and then the shot that's looking through uh, the passenger side window, which is the shot that, that you're speaking of. Mm -hmm. So we basically just, we use five eighths kind of grip Whatever. stuff, just five eighths grip rods. I'll just tell people what your Instagram is. And they can coming off the, uh, off the top and then mount it up from the door and it's, the photo is the best way to look at it, but we mounted it inside the window and then come off the windshield, two off the roof, and then two suction cups on the door. It was a, a relatively simple rig. And then the camera is actually a Red Raven, 
uh, running the Tokina 1116, a wide angle. That's a uh, great lens, isn't it? Yeah, it's the I best have lens, one of those. Yeah. I just like it's such a great lens. By the way, work you should get one of those if you don't have it. It's fantastic on the <laughs> FS7. <laughs> I have three. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah. We have the first version, the second version, and the the Cine version. Yeah. Um, but that's how they get the field of view, and then so we can look back. And the key for that shot is originally we had intended to do a little bit more animation on it, and and then when we added it, we didn't really need that much animation to tell what we were trying to tell. Yeah. And so we just needed kind of a locked off shot. The idea was to show the sweep of the handbrake and what was happening, you know, when you pull the handbrake. Um, we never saw the handbrake until we we arrived. At <laughs> of course. Shoot, right. So I didn't know if the sweep. I figured the sweep was going to be like a big hydro handbrake where it's like kachunk, you know. Yeah. And it's actually just a little micro switch, so we had less sweep than than we wanted, um, at least for that shot. But it right. it tells a story, and we rigged it up. It was it's pretty simple. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah, it looks great. Uh, Laura, what kind of mounts are you using for your GoPros in the uh, in the rally cars these days? Um, we use over the years we've just collected a variety of them, but the main one we use is uh, Chase Cam. Made some. I don't know if they still make them, but back in the day they were just metal mounts. Um, the, like the clip, the, the clamp pan, one, the Panavice clamps. Yeah, um, they're dead reliable. You clamp them down with hose clamps, and they never move. That's cool. So uh, let's talk. Oh, oh, oh there we go. Like oh, the there most, we go. <laughs> <laughs> the, the most ghetto way of doing this, but that's, Dang. that's basically that's, right. Yeah, okay, I see that. You got some Matthews, Matthews uh, grip stuff it's, there. It's all like impact stuff, actually, yeah, uh, or film tools. And then oh, okay, we just yeah. put a, a microfiber towel acting like a burrito uh, <laughs> to keep it from damaging the car. What's it with you and burritos, man? <laughs> you're like That's this, this is like a burrito. burrito it's nothing like a burrito <laughs> damn now i want lunch we have this great mexican food truck up the street now i want to get a burrito thanks <laughs> so where do you guys uh what's next for both of you here what do you what do you think well um next week is the final episode of season five of launch control comes out uh-huh um we had a bit of a break just to build up the last episode because uh, la was only a few weeks ago yeah and uh, had an awesome season. GRC program started getting podiums, and so that was a after big what story four or five year. years of doing the show, and then uh, they're finally starting to win in GRC. Yeah, <laughs> they're following the script perfectly. Nice. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, <clears throat> we're already pre-planning for next year. Mm -hmm. Do something. Again, and we have another couple of years on the Canadian contract. So, and I noticed, Warwick, let, let's throw one of your clips up here. One second. You have a teaser for episode 12? Uh, I might. <laughs> you have been adding a lot more uh, graphics. I love that intro, by the way. Eight months earlier, this team season began. Slow-mo. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's almost finished. I love that they have Chris Atkinson now. With just yeah. a single Rallycross event great. remaining, the pressure has never been higher on Subaru Rally Team USA. And that's a good place to stop. <laughs> <laughs> the pressure has never been higher. How do you get your voice to sound like that, Warwick? <laughs> oh, it's, not it's all in the microphone. <laughs> uh, yeah, clearly it is. Let's it, it. It's, been, it's been really cool being on that journey with the team. As they have, like, there's been years of struggle for sure for the GRC program, and, mm -hmm. but they've always been positive. It's a small group of guys and girls, 
um, it's definitely a rally family at Vermont Sports Car and Subaru. Yeah. And this year to see them getting podiums and getting so close to winning, it was really cool. And there's there's a whole different vibe in the team now. Like it's on the horizon and they're they can see it. So in terms of your production, what what do you think you're like what direction are you going with the look? I mean you've been adding more graphic elements, especially like with the intro and outro. You, your your first intro was relatively simple. Each year you're adding like layers and layers of CG in it. Is that an important part of your storytelling kind of going forward? I think it's just um Chris Bose and I were just Generally, we want to step it up every year. You don't yeah. want to stay the same and stay stagnant. So yeah, um, that's one way we can keep improving it. It's all staying ahead of that guy and this guy and that guy and that guy. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I, I love that <laughs> we've all found our niche, too. Yeah. Like, I think in the beginning there was some competition, and we were all like, oh, what's he doing? What's he doing? Oh, we could tell stories we're about Ford, Matt. I actually, before before we hopped on this this live stream, I went back and found my emails to Warwick from like 2006. No way. Because at the t- yeah, 100. Because uh, at the time, Warwick was like the only dude doing rally stuff that looked really good, especially in North America. And I have emails that are like, "Hey Warwick, I really want to make some sweet videos. How do I do it?" And his reply was like. Buy camera gear. That was it. <laughs> and then six months later, hey, I saw you at Tall Pines. That video is super awesome. Do you want to review my stuff? And then no reply. You or, know, I think uh, I have some emails from it. you, Matt, as well, that I may or may not have replied to at some point. Yeah, probably. That's not a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> There's, I, I actually went back through them. And I thought there was only one. I remember sending you an email asking about gear and stuff. And then I, there's like 16. If I was, if I was me now and that i wouldn't have answered myself you yeah, know i was like oh yeah. look at this this guy's You're an like, idiot oh. <laughs> <laughs> well how how old, is, how old are you guys matt i'm 35 and work 38 and i'm 45 <laughs> yeah so we're all kind of right in there kind of sort of <laughs> yeah getting getting older for sure that's right? the truth <laughs> oh my god I can't stand outside for 15 hours a day at elevation quite like i yeah. used to <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, there was that one video, uh, the email was about that video that you did. Uh, it was at either Rocky Mountain or Pacific Forest. It had like the Clash song. Oh, yeah, Pacific and, Forest. Yeah, with John Nichols in the in the Mark II or Mark III GTI, Super 1600 car, whatever they were called then. Yeah. But that was like the rad video at the time. It had music and really good shots. And it was, at the time, nobody was doing anything like that. Yeah. I go, I look at that back at that stuff now and I just cringe. It's like, oh. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. look. I looked at not not too long ago <laughs> that uh, rim of the world that uh, that you shot on work with um, Ken Block when him and yeah. Alex showed up, and nobody knew who they were, and they showed up in these bright white Ogio rally suits, and we're like, who the hell are these guys? I mean, we knew it was it's Ken a Block. Race rally. <laughs> but then, like they they podiumed. I mean, we're like, yeah. uh, okay. And I think yeah, the year Ken got rookie of the year, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 2005. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and the last year of room. Real last year of room. Right. Yeah, that was the year everybody got towed off the mountain mm-hmm. and left up and got hypothermia. That was a good year. <laughs> that was amazing. It's amazing how much those memories are etched in my head. <laughs> yeah. 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 I still remember that tabletop jump that if you took it too fast, you skipped off the top and nosed into the landing. <laughs> <laughs> and we all knew it was happening, so we're all like just waiting <laughs> for the next yeah. person to. Just... <laughs> yep. So, um, 
But let's let's just touch briefly on the state of rally in in North America. Uh, there's been a rift uh, with the ARA coming up, and uh, Rally America kind of still plugging along, but it's not the series it used to be. Uh, do you think that this is good for the sport? I mean, this wasn't our original topic, but you know, you guys have opinions, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I've unfortunately been disconnected from a lot of that for the past two years. I haven't shot a single stage rally since Ken did New England in 2015. Yeah, because none of the Ford guys are officially doing it, right? Right. And so I haven't been involved. I'm only watching it from the outsider standpoint. I've, I think the majority of the competitors don't care what event they're running. As yeah, long they just as want to race. Within their tow region and the stages are fun. Yeah. But I'm sure Warwick has a lot more insight <laughs> to being that yeah. Subaru went to uh, ARA. Yeah. This year, I won't get into like <laughs> what I what I really think back and forth. But um, I think, as like like Matt says, like a lot of Rally America events now have become sort of in the middle of the country. Yeah. Um, whereas ARA is a little bit on the the coasts, and it just it attracts local teams. Um, it seems like entry levels are pretty high across the board. Yeah. Which is really good. Um, we've had a lot of cross-border competition too with Americans coming to Canada and Canadians going south. So, mm -hmm. um, you got people like Dave Wallingford buying an R5 and it's going to run that next year. So sweet, sweet. <laughs> um, I think Rally's pretty strong. It needs, um, maybe a TV package in the States. Right. Well, that's, uh, we've been saying that for a decade. <laughs> yeah. It just, it, it needs consistency. One of the strengths of the Canadian Championship is we have consistency. We've had TV for 20-plus years. Right. Um, Subaru's behind it. Mm -hmm. um, people know what to expect. So. Mm -hmm. um, we have one question from uh, the live viewers. Uh, what type Our of... one live viewer? Hey, hey now. <laughs> hey, now. Uh, I didn't... No, we have two. No, we actually have six right now. We have six. Everybody submit a question right now. Yeah, submit submit your questions. Uh, one guy's asking, uh, what type of B-roll can I do for any type of car? <laughs> like, yeah, that's... I, it's like, such an open-ended question. I know, it's just like... Macro shots. Yeah. You just get all the macro shots. Get yeah. a Nikon 105 Unless the paint is awful. If the, yeah. if the paint is awful, you don't want to do that. <laughs> yep. You can fix a lot with really tight macro stuff. <laughs> That's... And it's easy to make look really good. Yeah. Because you don't need to light a whole car and mm -hmm. you don't need a big soft source or, you know, anything like that. You can make a really nice macro shots. Uh, that's kind of been our little secret when we don't have great light. We'll just yeah. pull out the macro stuff and fill it with those. Yeah. We got top gear about it. Yeah. We get a lot of um, uh, manufacturer demo cars. And on like the last, the, the Toyota 86 we had, I swear they, they cleaned the paint with a Brillo pad. It was right. the worst paint. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, I, it's all, most of the shots we have are wide right, or at right. night with direct lighting that we can kind yeah. of, a couple shots got through where the paint doesn't look great, but you know, <laughs> whatever. Right. <laughs> Warwick, what's yeah. your, what's your uh, tip for uh, making any car look good? Uh, um... <laughs> yeah, macro. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, anything looks good sliding sideways, honestly. <laughs> but you know, move the camera around. Like, get don't just stand in front of it with the camera at eye height. Yeah. Like, get low, get high. Yeah. Move around. Get try and get some different angles. Um, B-roll is all about just trying to find the right lines on that car and accentuating the cool parts of it. And, and never um, enough B-roll, right? <laughs> no. 
No, you can't. Yeah, it's all about the details, right? Like every car has these little details that you find that both the you know the potential buyer or the passenger or whoever wants to interact with a vehicle, those details are what makes it unique to you. So whether it's like a switch or the stitching on the steering wheel or the mm-hmm. seats or you know in the door sills or wherever, there's always those little details that are what makes something cool. You've got your wide shot, but then all those little bits that make you feel like you know you know the vehicle or, yeah. or what always gets me stoked. Yeah, and and I my personal thing is to always make sure that you get like as wide as possible and as tight as possible. You know, really mix up the shots to, so they don't all look like they're from the same perspective and same angle, because um, it's just that's not how you look at a car. You don't like look at it with the same kind of, you know, 180 degree vision of like ah oh, car 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 inside outside. <laughs> you know, that's just not. There's there's always there's always the traditional sort of the three shot. So if you have a feature on the car, get three different shots of that feature. Right. Um, gives you options in editing. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Joe, did you have any questions for our uh, uh, for our guests today? Uh, hey guys, uh, it's this is Joe. Uh, Joe's Joe's our uh, our in-house PA who's running the switch panel today. <laughs> yeah. He's hey, fresh, to give hey, you a background on him, he's fresh out of college last year. Oh, very yeah, very fresh. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I guess um, no. Um, Come on, you got a question. I guess I do. Yeah, go is, ahead. Ask uh, a question. I guess <laughs> does the uh, flannels uh, is it a rite of passage for? Uh, do you have to earn your flannel, or is it is <laughs> or can you just buy it at any time? <laughs> uh, I think I think you need to be able to go out. You have to go outside enough to be able to at least <laughs> put it to use a, a little bit. I think it's like six hours in a snowbank, and you earn yourself. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> if, Okay. If you've uh, ever shot Snowdrift or one of the other snow rallies, maybe Tall Pines, then I think you can wear all the flannel you want. Right. Cool. Uh, well, actually, uh, you got another one. You yeah, got a real question? Yeah, this I do time? have. I do have a real question this okay, time. Okay. Great. What do you got? Uh, what's probably the most important thing uh, for people that want to get into uh, to first get started into it? Like, what's probably the most important thing? Into what? Uh, just filming oh, cars or filming film, motorsports? Uh, filming cars, motorsports, or just uh, yeah. Uh, filming cars and motorsports. So what's the, what's kind of the, I always have people asking me all the time, like, how can I, you know, get into filming yeah. uh, and everything? So, so how, how, can, how can a newbie, uh, what would you tell a newbie who walked up says, I really like filming. How do I get big in <laughs> motorsports? How can I be like yeah. you guys and earn my flannels? <laughs> it's super, it's super easy. It's the easiest <laughs> thing ever. You just go, you go out, you shoot a ton. Until you're better than everyone else, or at least you think you are. <laughs> and then you have a good attitude about it. And I, whenever people ask me that question, I think the key is, the actually the biggest piece of it is being able to recognize uh, what it is about your work that either needs improving or uh, an, an honest assessment of your own work, right? So if mm-hmm. you go out, you shoot every single day, and you can say, you know what, my work is now here, and then I've shot for another six months, now my work is here. It's as good as like Warwick stuff. So I'm going to go out there and have a good attitude, a nice pair of outdoors pants and, uh, and shoot with pockets. With pockets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Warwick, what do you and got? Then you, and then you get hired. Probably. Yeah. Um, I think Matt said the big thing was just attitude. Um, mm-hmm. you, yeah. Attitude. Be, have a good attitude. Um, you're probably going to work long days. Um, but it's the best job in the world if you get to do it. Yeah. Um, be technically proficient. Learn your craft. Learn your camera. Um, there's a lot of good camera guys who work great in the studio, but they don't 
maybe can't track a fast moving object. Right. Um, so if you want, you like mean I'm they don't all use, you don't use autofocus for everything? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got a lot of people, a lot of emails asking, like, how can I work for you? Mm -hmm. Do you need shooters? Um, but I got a lot of demo reels that have music video stuff and. Yeah, the dreaded montage. Like studio and well lit things. And it's great. You have technical skills, but I need to see that you can work in the elements and follow follow the puck. Yeah. And for me, too, is like it's somebody coming to the scene with like a natural curiosity, you know, not just I'm just there to do what you're telling me. But, hey, how does this work? How does that work? How, hey, well, th what, what are you doing there? Not to the point of annoyance, mind you, but, you know, a natural curiosity to improve their craft as they're doing it so that eventually they will be able to, you know, walk on their own um, in theory. Um, and then we have we have a couple other questions here, actually. Uh, what was the first event you shot? Which event over the years stands out as your favorite? And that's from Josh Tons. Oh. <laughs> I <did> best. <laughs> first event, like from a shoot, like where I actually was shooting was probably Snowdrift 2007. Which was your was local event, right? I'm sorry? That was your local you event, it. right? Yeah, so that's like four hours north for me. Okay. I think that's the first one where I decided I was going to be a shooter, mm -hmm. you know, that I didn't just have a camera with me, but I was going to go out and I was going to shoot it as a shooter bro and brought like my tripod and, and my wife and we went up and shot it like with it. I don't even remember what it was. It was probably, it must not have been, it was a camcorder of some kind, yeah. you know, with like a fisheye. I had like a fisheye <laughs> screw on 42 mil for it. Uh, and that was probably my first one. I don't remember exactly what year it was. It's my favorite one. Uh, Probably Rallycross Sweden, I think. Well, that just like sounds awesome. Yeah. How was <laughs> like, the food? Uh, Rallycross Sweden. Oh, yes. <laughs> just because yeah, of the, the people? Yeah. I'm, the track is really good, too. Yeah. The track, um, you know, it feel, it's like organic. It feels like what you think of when you think of Rallycross from Europe, like a bunch of Swedish guys with old Saabs and Volvos. Mm -hmm. And the curbs, you know, the curbs are actually made out of cement with just rocks stuck in them that they painted right <laughs> so it's it's got like this organic feel but then it's got two or three jumps some kind of weird uh, corners that aren't perfect yeah and then also bonus like sixty five thousand drunk norwegians and swedes that are camping for a week <laughs> so it it feels like you're almost at what i imagined would be like the super bowl of rallycross right it's a good uh, that's cool work um the first rally I ever saw, and I kind of I took photos. I was actually in 2001. I was filming my World Cup downhill mountain bike movie, mm -hmm. and I was in Leger, France, and I heard there's like a car race going through town, and all of a sudden this like Ford Puma <laughs> Super 1600 drove by and all these cool things. So I blew off a day of practice filming and went and watched this rally, and it was a tarmac French championship rally, and I was hooked after that. Um, it's interesting. Both of you guys say European venues as does, <laughs> well, that, does yeah, travel make it better <laughs> um as far as my favorite event um my favorite rally is probably oregon trail yeah. for filming well, just because of the sight lines and three um, days of completely different environments i think is kind of cool about that one yeah. too so like even yeah. if you have one off day you still have two days of amazing potential footage yeah, yeah. and then um but I think Nurburgring 24 hours would be very close to uh, that. I want to do that. I have not done that yet. That, that's kind of like Sweden where it's just people have been camped out in the woods for yeah. a week. 
super drunk. It, it is amazing <laughs> how first. much that improves any event. Because, like, for me, too, Wales Rally uh, GB 2007, I was there filming that. It was pouring rain. It's like Welsh rain. I mean, you guys know what that's like, right? It's like you got to swim through it. And <laughs> you get to this location, you're hiking for an hour, and you turn a corner, and there's 500 drunken Norwegians in Wales. It's like, what? where do these people come from? What are they doing? But they were so excited. And they knew yeah. when, like, Solberg was coming well before anybody else did. It was like this. Yeah. This They're like, yeah! And we're like, yeah. okay. Oh, it's I can hear the, a car. It's just the culture in Europe. Like, yeah. Motorsport is a thing to be enjoyed, and they, they love it. Yeah. Yep. We got another question here from Kurt. Uh, what came first, your interest in cars or your interest in filming and photography work? Why don't you take that one first? Uh, I've seen p photos of you as a kid, so yeah, interesting <laughs> cars for sure. Yeah, um, your, your family, always, your family had a couple interesting cars, didn't they? Or at least they one. They did. Yeah, um, we had one of Dan Gurney's F1 Eagles in our garage for a long time. Um, there was no motor in it. It was painted in Scuderia Filipinetti colors. Um, <laughs> bought out of the back of Autosport magazine, <laughs> um, and that has since disappeared we don't know where it is but um it got bought at auction a couple of years ago mm. not from us unfortunately yeah well. uh, but yeah like i've always i've been into a sport and then i started filming it so that happened with mountain biking yeah. i was a mountain biker and then i started filming it and then i got into rally and then i started filming it so, matt i think i think it helps to oh. be passionate about what you're filming yeah yeah i agree matt what do you got oh uh, it was definitely cars first i wanted to drive rally cars you know, I started building my rally car in like 2001 and drove from three to nine. Yeah. But, and that's what got me into cars was rally originally. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then filming came after that. So you guys Appreciate talk it. about following your passion. Does that mean we're going to, you guys are both going to start filming airplanes now? Yes. Yeah. He, he's already done it. He just did like a big <laughs> yeah. airplane. I was so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> so, so those, those who don't know. In the early days, you had to have, um, I don't know if, Matt, if this was the reason why you did it or not, but um, you needed to have uh, an airplane license to be legit flying drones in the U.S., at least for a couple years there. And so I th yep. that's kind of about the time that you went out and got your flight license, right? Was it yeah, for that? Yeah, that was what it was for. You needed to have a, at least a sport pilot certificate right. to have a 333 exemption, which is what was required to fly drones for commercial purposes. Right. There's not really a reason to get a sport pilot certificate because it's it's almost it's two-thirds of the time with you know one-tenth of the ability so you might as well get a private yeah and so i was able to get a private pilot certificate essentially as a business expense for a business <laughs> purpose yeah and then it, it went overboard you know from there yeah yeah basically. i just paid two, 150 <laughs> bucks went down and took a test and i now i'm a drone pilot but yeah. 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 <laughs> it was far yeah. easier but now i don't own an airplane um right. and then warwick you also just got your flight license too right yeah so same sort of thing it started off based on that reason yeah. if I was going to be looking at FAA drone license. Um, and then midway through it changed. You don't need one anymore, but I just kept doing it. So. You're already hooked in. Well, cool. Thanks guys. Um, I think we're going to go ahead and give it a wrap. Cause I told you we'd do this for 30 minutes and it's been like 45. Um, uh, but I really appreciate the time. Uh, be sure to check out, uh, the season finale for launch control coming to the Subaru YouTube page. Uh, when is, what date is that? Is that the 15th of November? Yep. York? Okay. 15th. 15th of November. Check out the Subaru rally page for that. Uh, and then also, I mean, just keep an eye open for anything that Matt's doing. Basically, if there's Ken Block in it and it says Ford on it, it's probably... Oh, you have a video with some slow motion of uh, 
coming out. You posted something about a phantom water drop thing. Uh, that's a broadcast piece. It's a commercial for next week's NASCAR event. Uh, that's just a straight broadcast 30 second piece. Okay. But yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're watching got... NASCAR. It'll be on. And that was shot with what? your phantom, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What secret Ken Block project are you working on right now that you can't tell us about? Uh, I mean, well, they released the, the teaser for Gymkhana 10, so yeah. we're working on Gymkhana 10. I can't tell you where else or what else, but it's a big project. It involves cars on. and drifting yeah. and smoke yeah. and probably Flames. some There might Lots be some slow motion, possibly. A little bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Thanks so a lot, guys. Uh, we'll, uh, maybe we'll have you get back on some other time. We'll talk about airplanes. Uh, awesome. this is Ryan Douthit for driving sports TV. We've been live here and thanks for watching. Be sure to subscribe to our channel here on YouTube and wherever you may see us also get our apps for Roku and for the Apple TV available in their stores. We'll see you next time.